All right, we are back for uh, another episode of Above the Standard. Um, I'm Chris Hagen. Uh, if you haven't, check out uh, Barbell Battalion on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we sell a couple stickers and some other stuff, but really we're just here to have fun and, and just kind of have more pride in the job and throw a little humor uh, in it as well. Uh, but today, I'm wicked excited. Uh, today we talk with Mitch Huner, uh, the the owner of Fire Mall Tools. And we talk about his fire service career, and also we talk about the development of uh, the Fire Mall brand and and where they're going next and the great things that they're doing the the from the fire mall uh to the reaper to the the, the long-awaited long-anticipated tsr halgen bar um i've pre-ordered one i can't wait um but uh i had so much fun talking with him he's a great uh great owner of a, a firefighter owned small business and um he's making a difference in this job and uh, i had so much fun talking with him he's a hell of a guy uh, so please, um, I had so like I said, I had so much fun. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mitch Huner. Uh, we're recording. Awesome. Well, um, so t- today uh, I'm super uh, excited for this. Joining us is uh, Mitch Huner, the uh, the the founder and owner of Fire Mall Tools, and of course, I believe Mitch, you're still a fireman on uh, Chicago. Yep. Yep, yep. Uh, uh, happy to be here. Still, uh, yeah, still in Chicago. Uh, currently assigned to uh, Truck 30, uh, kind of outside of Old Block, third of Old Block, so kind of on the uh, southwest side of the city. Um, and uh, been there for about, uh, you know, actually been there just a little over a year before that. I was uh, Truck 17, uh, South Chicago neighborhood, out of Engine 46's house. But uh, yeah, still, still doing it, staying way too busy and wearing too many hats, but uh, it's good. I like it that way. Well, one of the reasons why, um, in addition to you know Fire Mall Tools and um, mm-hmm. why I wanted to reach out to you also was I've been kind of having this ongoing, I don't want to call it a series because that makes it sound official, and this is definitely not official. Right. It's just more of a, a conversation on, on the mindset of the a person that's on the truck as opposed to the sure. engine. And, and I've, I've talked about this probably beforehand with other people. Like I can find a ton of content on engine operations i can t- find a ton of content yeah. on on just the engine in general um there's stuff out there for the truck company but it's a little you have to dig a little bit deeper to find it it's not as plentiful that as i found as like engine company operations so um mitch if you want just like how'd you get into the fire service and what kind of how'd you land uh on chicago and and yeah sure yeah, how'd you get to there sure yeah i'll go i'll go over it all um hopefully i'm not too uh, long-winded for you but, uh, you know, I actually kind of had the benefit, um, you know, I've been a truck in Chicago my whole life, so, or my whole career here in Chicago. And uh, prior to that, I actually, so I grew up in uh, southeast Michigan, uh, Ann Arbor area. Ooh, amen. It's a little, little, yeah, a little town, Celine. Um, so I actually started my career uh, there freshly out of uh, high school. Um, you know, did the, the whole fire academy thing, got hired, uh, PTFD, Pittsfield Township. Um, spent some time there, 2004 to, uh, let's see, gosh, 2009 or so. Um, so in there, you're kind of doing a jack of all trades, you know, you, you're, you're driving, uh, the engine and when you get to get there, you're doing engine work, you're doing truck work, you're doing it all. And, uh, you know, it's kind of minimal staffing sort of stuff. So you got to be ready to do it all. Um, I actually, uh, 
I left there to uh, actually chase money. I did the contract stuff for a while, so I spent a couple of years uh, in Iraq on uh, contract fire departments. Uh, left there to uh, actually end up going with my chief was out there, ended up getting a position uh, in Curacao uh, in the Caribbean. So I, I spent some time there. Um, and then actually eight years after I took the test for Chicago, I got a letter that said, hey, uh, you know, we're continuing the process. Um, and I've been out of the loop. I didn't know how many, you know, how many classes had been started, stopped, you know, the whole lawsuit thing and everything in order to actually get people to start being hired again. So I I didn't realize it had been such a process, so I was really surprised to hear from them, but I was happy because, um, you know, the contract stuff is either you're making good money or you're living somewhere nice, um, but you're, you know, you're, you're not in the, in the thick of it. You're not, you know, fighting fires as much. You're not, you know, and for me, my life was kind of on, on standstill, um, and I wasn't doing what I really wanted to do, which was, you know, fight fire. And then there's also this kind of creative side of me that wasn't really being fulfilled. So, um, you know, that's my fire service sort of background and Chicago has been awesome. Um, and, uh, I've enjoyed every minute. I definitely, uh, gravitate towards the truck work for sure. Uh, bit of a, a meathead, I guess, you know, I like breaking things who doesn't, but, uh, you know, and, and to touch on some of the things you talked about, I guess that's been a little bit of my frustration um, in the fire services. You know, you can find uh, a lot of information about uh, the Halligan Bar. We can break down the mechanical advantage and all those sorts of things. Um, but basics uh, of just a, a tool, uh, whether it be a pickhead axe, where those came from, and, you know, flathead axe, why we're using it. And just the more you look at the fire service in general, a lot of our tools, you know, were adopted. They weren't really made for what we do. Um, you know, I mean, the flathead axe, you know, was really from a felling axe, you know, um, the pickhead axe. Again, originally a, a boarding axe for the wooden wooden ships, you know. Um, so that, that sort of stuff's kind of always been in my mind. Um, and uh, in Chicago... Uh, I, you know, I, I liked using a mall, uh, splitting mall, uh, just because obviously it's a striking tool and a chopping tool, but it has a little more, I guess, ass to it, I should say. Um, and I like chopping on the roof and then I like being able to smash right through it as well. So, uh, particularly in Chicago, eh, you know, a lot of the Northern climates, you get those old multi-layered roofs with, you know, decking and then you know cedar shake and then maybe some sheeting and and then who knows how many layers of shingles on top of that um so you know in in my experience anytime you had to pick an axe yeah, you're burying that axe and then you're fighting to get it out burying that axe and fighting to get it out um so that's why i kind of liked them all originally but it, for life of me i didn't know why nobody ever designed a mall for the fire service um you know, we, we had this splitting mall, and it, it really kind of came to head. We had a, a basement fire, and the front door opened up, and it was blocking the, you know, <laughs> the path to the basement. And you got an engine crew, and you know, to get the door off. I can't quite pry the door off because, you know, your blade's too fat. I couldn't quite strike the hinges uh, in the right, you know, kind of angle to knock it off the hinges. And, you know, eventually you just beat the tar of it until it comes off. But it was one of those moments where I'm like, you know, why, why am I using a tool originally made for, you know, splitting wood and, and driving uh, wedges? 
in the fire service on the fire ground why haven't we designed something better um so that that kind of goes over uh, the history of myself uh in the fire department kind of how i ended up getting to where i am now uh you know that creative side of me kind of came out and uh we started designing some tools realized we get some patents and and from there it's just kind of steamrolled into what it is today so while you've been on the truck, um, you yep. know, I've asked I've asked some other people this on on various departments on Bridgeport and in New York and mm-hmm. um so uh on Chicago based on, you know, what your experience is and um people that you talk to and absorb information from from on from on an engine, when you're when you're going to a job, what 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 would you say is different on your mindset going to a job as opposed to maybe someone going on the engine? And I'm not really talking on like tactics or or, or US sure, event sure, here versus sure. there, but but just All like right. like wh- what's going through your mind that you have found that may may be a little bit different um, to those guys on the pipe going going on the engine. Well, guys on the pipe. Um the biggest thing on their mind when they get there, they're going to be sizing up the building and they're going to be thinking about their lead out, right? They're going to be thinking about, Hey, what they're taking, how much they're going to take. We're going to end up to get there. Um, you know, I can't really can't speak from experience, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I can only imagine, um, you know, obviously we, we get detailed engines sometimes and that happens. Um, uh, me, you know, when I get there, gosh, it's, uh, how do, how do I explain what I'm thinking about? Uh, I love going to the roof. I love going to the roof. Um, I think it's important. We have vertical ventilation, uh, appropriate vertical ventilation with coordinated fire attack. I mean, it gets all that nasty shit out of there as fast as possible. It makes searching faster. It makes all those things. Um, is it dangerous? Yes. But if you're experienced and use that knowledge to size up the building and, you know, use your, uh, senses about you you know you can do it safely um i guess so my mindset is uh god just being pumped ready to go to work i think there's there's nothing better um really really that i've ever experienced and i've done more things in firefighting than just 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 going to work and knowing you're about to, you're about to do one of the most physically exhausting things because i've you know i've done some training i even fought at one point you know you can go back to to wrestling in high school whatever you want to call it I, firefighting is the most physically demanding thing you could put your body through so there's something kind of beautiful about that when you know hey we're about to go to work let's get ready you know um my mindset kind of tactically wise um you know obviously if i'm going to the roof i'm, I'm sizing that up we're going to figure out where we're throwing the main um where we're going to start you know either chopping a hole personally i like to get up there first and, and start chopping to see what kind of roof we have and hopefully the vent saw is coming up behind me with my partner because um, it'll make a lot quicker work of it um, unless it's a real thin roof. And then I'm, sometimes I'm, I'm good with just using my mall and, and going to work. Um, as far as, you know, interior operations, I think your biggest concern is, you know, thinking about if we're going to have have people, right? We're going to have victims. So we're going to have to search. And uh, where are we searching first? What floor are we going to first? And then uh, – you know, your priority is getting in there, getting there as deep as you can and, and checking those rooms and possibly pulling people out. Um, if you're on the engine in Chicago, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily going to be your priority. Your priority is to put the fire out. Uh, your priority is getting water, getting water on the fire. And the aspects of that now, could you come across somebody? Sure. Um, but I, I think, I guess those are some of the differences. 
um, that you might have uh, when you're going to a job. And what's what's wild to me that I don't think is is I, I, I there's no way to I think can not, not conceive um to to relay that to anyone outside the fire service, especially maybe uh, elected officials, is everything that you just talked about from the roof to interior, and you know that all happens within seconds. Like right. there for any for the most part outside of maybe a police officer and a soldier. You know, there's a lot more critical time if you have an issue. If you're a plumber and you see a leak coming oh. from there, you have a little bit of time, right? But, but that's right. what's so I, I think so impressive, both on any I guess any aspect of the job. If you are really invested and engaged and you're properly trained and you, you have a great crew working with you, everything mm-hmm. happens fluid and it happens within seconds. Um, yeah. So all that yeah. time that you spend on the roof chopping and 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 I, I will say I uh, I know. A, I have a, a few friends on, on on Detroit, and I'll tell you, man, ev- every single one of them recommended the fire mall for uh, for truck oh, for, for for truck work. Awesome. That's no 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 awesome. bullshit. That's it's that's Glad an un- that. that's an unsolicited little uh, kudos <laughs> to you. Um, well, and, and I I've always admired man Detroit because those guys, man, they're they're one of those old school departments. They're sitting peaked and they're just swinging, you know. And you'll find, I mean, you'll find some old photo of those guys just with a big old sledgehammer up there, just smashing away. And, uh, you know, I love that about them. And I'm, you know, I, I prefer that myself. And, um, so that's, uh, that's awesome to hear that actually. That's, that's really cool. So, and, and it really does come and you, and you kind of, you, you hit on that earlier is, is the term, hopefully that vent saw is coming up behind me. And right. a lot of the guys on Detroit that I've talked to, they all say the same thing. There's a, it's the, an axe to the roof is not only a, a a cultural thing that they do, but it's also a. I know this the the axe is going to start every single time. I know the mall is going to start every single time, and that puts puts the ownership and the onus back on you to make sure that you're just not a lazy piece of shit, and you you can swing it more than three or four times to start opening right. that up because like right. like you kind of said, said the same thing. You don't really know what kind of roof you're going to encounter, whether it's metal or slate or, or right. a bunch of like. Um, um, layered layered shingles what kills us is yeah what kills us the most is the the layered shingles and and that's why i actually you know it depends on who i'm working with you know i've only been you know we we kind of ran things a little different truck 17 i've been truck 30 for a little over a year 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 and a half now ish um but uh you know so everybody runs things a little different um and and i'm a new guy in the house so you know i'm not <laughs> i wasn't there as long as i was we had some young guys at truck 17 so but um i i've always loved being able to fly up there you know just hey that's why i'm going up there without the vents all flying up there as fast as possible um if i have somebody on the same page with me i do like throwing a roof ladder not everybody likes doing it because they like just getting a hole made um i like throwing a roof ladder working off that roof ladder and getting a hole started and if if my guy is coming up behind me with that saw great we'll put it to work but at least as soon as possible we are starting to vent that roof Instead of trying to wait for the saw, get it in place, make sure we could, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just, it's, it just seems faster and my, uh, sometimes a little bit more efficient. Um, obviously if the roof is kicking your ass, I'll be happy to have that vent saw in place. <laughs> um, you know, and, and the nice thing about having a roof ladder in place is it allows you to get down in the knee walls, you know, you can make your primary cut up top, start venting that roof. And then the biggest danger then after that is, you know, charge knee walls so we can get down that lower areas of the roof and vent those knee walls. Um, so 
Anyway, just just some of my thoughts uh, of what I like to do up there. No, absolutely. So, in your in your time, uh, you said truck seventeen. Yes. So you're talking about truck seventeen, and you're going through the motions. You're you're you have your flathead axe or your pickhead, and you swing it at berries. You swing it at berries, and you fight that. So, at what time? Um, do you start thinking there's got to be a better way? And what was kind of your first, I guess, intro um, into the whole process? Because I think one, I think it's it's a one a phenomenal business, and we'll talk about the TSR uh, in a little bit. Um, but uh, um, where where did this kind of start? Where where there's got to be there's the whole thing. There's got to be a better way of doing sure. this. And then where'd you, you know, go? Sure, and that, that a lot of that came from uh, just product development. I mean, the original idea, the original Firemall was, you know, I wanted to release something a little different, right? Um, the type of roast we see, I liked having a heavier tool up there. You know, obviously the mall, you could usually only get an eight-pound mall. Um, but when I went to develop the tool, you know, we basically took kind of, you know, this is this is before I even know CAD modeling or anything. I got some sketches, you know, and I'm taking, I'm measuring my, I'm measuring my splitting mall that I use, and I'm kind of putting some sketches on paper just trying to get an idea of size and weight. And, um, you know, I thought we had some pretty good measurements by the time I got a CAD modeled up, um, you know, the thing was, you know, it was 10 pounds and I was like, you know what, I'm all right with that. <laughs> so, yeah. so, but, but cause it is, you know, it is, it is, I, I, I like having those heavier tools for forcible entry. Um, you know, depending on the roofs we get, I like having that heavier weight on the roof cause I let the tool do the work. You know, I'm not swinging it as hard and fast, as hard as I can. I'm, I'm throwing it out there. You know, you might say, hey, what they taught you in the academy, let's tool do the work. Well, in this case, even more, because if you don't, you're going to burn yourself out. Um, so uh, that's that's how some of the weight and stuff got involved. But uh, as far as the blade itself um, and why we end up going, there's got to be a better way. That Again, that came from product development. The one of the things I did want to engineer into that tool was, A, a wedge-shaped blade for forceful entry, right? That way, if I wanted to pry with it, I could. I have them all, but I have a, a basically a fire service blade on it, which for me is a wedge-shaped blade. Um, the other things I wanted to do was instead of, uh, you know, we're always kind of taught, you know, when you have an axe, you know, cut with the top corner of the axe. A uh, couple reasons are for that is, you know, A, you're not going to bury it, but you're going to, that's, that's the area of the axe that has the least surface area. And when we reduce surface area, we increase pressure. Um, but you got to angle your axe right to do that. Um, so when I started looking at, well, why don't we, instead of having your typical broad face axe blade that's made for chopping wood, not puncturing through material, it's made for, you know, taking chips out of wood. Um, we, we want something that's going to penetrate and puncture, not necessarily cut. Um, and so we have that rolled back blade that I, I originally just was a drawing. Oh, let's roll back that blade. That way, the top corner of my axe or my maul is always hitting, regardless of the angle. And so then you are left with, you know, a reduction in surface area no matter what. And reduction in surface area increases pressure, increases the, the penetration, the likelihood of, of going through and cutting material, especially multi-layered material. Um, so that, that was all part of the plan. Um, and the wedge shaped blade, you know, it kind of tapered out, but then we, we had that mass of the head behind it still. Um, so when we did that, we had, uh, basically what ended up developing on the tool was these, you know, quick transitions from the, 
the body of the the tool itself to the blade. So there's a fast transition there. So you got left with these shoulders. Um, I actually, and I'll, I'll admit, I'd love to say, I knew when I did that that it, that this this blade was going to be able to <laughs> puncture in, stop, and you're going to be able to roll that right out of the cut. Fuck, man, I didn't know that. <laughs> you know, I just had a fire service blade with some design to it that worked good for puncturing material. And uh, I got a great a great story. I, I should I should probably post the original film at some point. But um, you know, when I uh, when I was first testing my my first prototype, so we went from having hiring somebody to CAD model this thing to getting hold of uh, you know Wasion Machine out of Ohio. They they actually machined uh, some of the first uh, mall heads for us. And uh, so I had my functional you know prototype, and I was you know, testing it out. So I was on a roof. I had my guy Shavari with me. He was, uh, he was filming and I thought it was kind of a, you know, an older, older house. Um, you know, previous fire there already. So we could, we could train on it, but older house. Uh, I thought the roof was, was thin. I thought it was, I don't want to say shitty roof, like tough roof, more like just a shitty roof. And you know, it's be good for, for testing. What I didn't realize is it was that exact roof that we run into that, it ends up being a real son of a bitch. And it was, um, you know, decking, right. Cedar shake sheeting, and then multiple layers yes. of, of shingles. Right? Yes. Didn't know that at the time. Right. So yeah. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm pumped up. I got my big heavy tool and I'm swinging and this tool is coming down. You know, that I didn't know at the time cause I'm not able to watch the film, but I didn't know that tool is coming in, puncturing, going in, hitting the shoulders and bouncing right back out. So I'm feeling this. Right. And what I'm feeling in my hands is a tool hitting a roof and bouncing off of it. That's what I'm feeling. So I'm cutting down. I make three cuts in my mind. I'm like, what did I fucking make? Is this thing even doing anything? <laughs> you know, I'm like, is this what? And I, what and so I'm swinging harder. Right. And I'm just like, oh, come on, get through there, get through there. And I, <laughs> you get, you start and you got to be careful on scene. You don't do this to yourself, right? Because you get you get so into it. Next thing you know, you gas yourself out. Yeah. Forearms were, were gone, you know. And and uh, my first real swinging such a heavy tool and roof work, um, you know, I made three cuts and I was I was done, man. I was like, all right, you know. I, at that point, I'm like, stop filming. I don't think it works. Just <laughs> cut it, cut it, you know. And then uh, and then we were able to actually to slow down the film and look at it. And we realized that that tool was going into the material, hitting those shoulders, and then coming right back out, probably because of the force I was, you know, putting into it. It was able to actually hit and bounce back out. And then, so then when we practiced with it some more, we realized that tool does puncture in. It hits those shoulders. It stops. And if it stays there, those shoulders become your fulcrum point. Just like instead of using your boot, uh, typical pit axe, you can use your boot, get it down underneath behind the head, and pry that tool out the way it came. Well, those, that's already done for you uh, in the tool. Um, so that was kind of just a revolution during um, really R&D and product development. And that's when I transitioned from an original design patent to a utility patent on the function of the blade. And that's why now you'll see, you know, we have different versions of it, including even a pickhead version that all function kind of on that same concept. So when you're going when you're going through this um, and you realize that you have yourself a uh, uh, at this point a, a pretty good success at, at what point do you, are you starting to realize you know I have a 
um, a company sort of thing around this? You know, or you when, when do we like when right. when did you get to you know holy shit this is gonna work I can maybe get these made to yeah. to you know, right. you know there's gonna be some other guys that are gonna want this right right um, I think that was that was always my mindset though I will say that I mean uh, before I even had prototypes in my hand. Um, you know, I had design patents filed and, um, and what was the LLC, timeline? An, L, an LLC formed. Uh, so what was the timeline on those yeah. patents? How long did that take? What? Oh that... God, there was a lot of back and forth. Um, the design patent, the utility patent, don't, hold on. This is, this is public, but it's still pending. Um, you okay. know, they, they, you know it, it's a long fight, you know, that's, uh, the first design patent that got approved, but you're able to date the utility patent back to you know, connect it to your design patent and date it all the way back to then. But this, this goes back all the way to, you know, I filed originally to LLC 2015, um, 2016, we're developing product, filing patents, those sorts of things. 2017, we launched with product. Um, and then, you know, I would have to pull up when the design was issued and all that stuff, but that's, that was the, so you're looking at, you're looking at, okay, maybe I have an idea. Well, shit, I should, I should actually maybe pursue this thing because I, I think this is a good idea. And that was just developing the idea. There was developing a you know a, a fire service mall instead of a splitting mall, um, and it was a year of really kind of no product yet and just learning how to how to how to file for patents, how to you know file a, a form an LLC and, and stuff. And there was a year of that before we had um, we could even say we were you know, purchasing uh, forging dies and all sorts of so, things. Now, at this point, is this all self-funded? Uh, yeah, you know, we had, uh, we had, we did open up, uh, with some, uh, uh, basically people could buy some, uh, uh, some units, um, and, uh, invest in the company. Yeah. Get some fairly short. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah get some capital going friends sort of things. Yeah. yeah. Family friends sort of things. Um, and then what helps us out a lot, and I, I've never done the crowdfunding thing. Um, we've always just kind of did, well, let's open up for pre-orders. And if people are interested, you know, they can order ahead of time while we're continuing to develop, um, the product. And we still do that today. And we'll, we'll talk about that. That's with the what, TSR stuff that's, and everything, Hey, right? you, you got my you know? pre-order money for the TSR, <laughs> yeah, like I millisecond, did. the millisecond it's I coming, saw it. I promise it's coming. Um, <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, you know, family, friends sort of stuff. Um, and, but even with that, it's still just having an insane belief in yourself and taking out a bunch of debt and, and just going for it. Um, uh, and, um, uh, we still, you know, the company's been successful, but it's definitely been growing. And the one thing I've always done is, you know, re reinvested, um, with the building we have, the equipment we have, with, you know, uh, not to get off track here, but we, you know, we make our own custom wood handles now and equipment, you know, that, that does that. It's, it's not cheap. So, <laughs> um, and I, and I've always done that because I, I'm not, I'm I'll, okay. I won't lie and say I'm not in this to make money, but you're, but it's a business. Like, yeah, like you're, it's, I mean, it's a business and it's also, you know, my overall goal has always been once I started looking at this and looking at other tools, it was like, it's just developing tools that are better made for a job you know purpose-driven tools and that's really kind of been my passion since these original thoughts of why don't we have you know why don't we have a mall for the fire service and it's just and it just keeps going from the grips to the tsr and it and it's just 
I really, it's really my passion in life and I, I'm glad that it can benefit the fire service. Um, and, and it's what I love man. it's what I love. That's awesome. And so, um, the, the, the patents start rolling out, um, Mm -hmm. you, you launch. So when did you, when did you launch the first fire mall? Uh, 2016, probably started taking orders. Um, and what was now? 2017, we rolled it out. So in 17, you roll it out. Now, was this, um, just like organic launch through like, you know, social media channels and, 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 and your website and, and all this. Yeah. What was, yep. and so what was the response from, from the fire mall? Um, man, well mixed obviously, because when you launch with something that's new, I yeah, mean, new, new in this job, new in this yeah, job. <laughs> right. God, man. And I, we still run into that. Oh, I, of course. I, under- yeah. I understand that. I mean, actually, you know, you'll run into some, uh, we'll say some old salts here in Chicago and, you know, you show them a new tool. Well, you know, I, I can understand how you're, you're telling them what they've been doing for the past 30 years. You're going to, you're going to fucking tell me that that's better. No, right. I know my job. I've been doing my job, pal, since way right. before you were ever here. Yeah. So I, I a hundred percent understand that. Um, but, um, overall response, I mean, there's people that just loved it. Hell yeah. Loved it. But then there's guys that just, you know, Hey, I, I got my ax or, you know, the pig had, had released before me, and they loved the pig. God bless them. It's a great smashing tool with a pick on it. Hell yeah. All about it, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, but they're, so they're not going to necessarily cater to it, especially when, you, when I'm telling you to take a 10-pound tool to the roof. It's a little outside the box, yeah. um, you know? So, and, and then, you know, I will still always recommend it, but not everybody's going to want that. So that's where, you know, product development comes, and, you know, we come out with the mall or, the, 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 you know, the other options for the people that want it. Um, I remember being um you know super nervous man i mean i invested so much just to get this going because we didn't do the crowdfunding you know i had some friends and family help out and um but we didn't do a massive crowdfund where we said hey we need this much money to you know develop this product it was hey we're developing this product would really love it if you would order (laughs) (laughs) and you know and uh and so, but it was fun to watch. So were you just, finally, ner- were you nervous because you were trying to make, you know, make, uh, make, I don't want to say make good on your promises, but basically you, you felt a responsibility that you took money from people that just weren't, you know, Joe Blow from, from California or oh, Colorado, but yeah. it was, it was that, yeah. that the responsibility to your friends and right. your family that like, I, I don't want to fuck this up. I want to make sure right. what, they, what, what they invested in, in, in this tool right. is an investment in me. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. And that's, you know, people, you know, local media invest in the business that I said, you know, I had this idea, but also people that had already ordered. Um, but it was never, I've never taken on anything that I didn't, I've never opened something up for orders, not knowing that, Hey, if we had enough money to make this happen, you know, that's, that's never the case. Um, so it's not like, it's not like, oh, I'm going to start taking these pre-orders, but this, this thing's not going to get done, you know? And that's where, where people that do crowdfunding sort of things, and that's why they do that, is, hey, we need to hit this minimum amount or this thing's not going to get done. And um, I think I have enough drive and, and, and resources that if I open up something for <laughs> ordering, oh, it's getting done, you know? But sure, one thing sure. we have learned, it's not getting done nearly as fast as I want it to. And... <laughs> And even, you know, God, this past year has been crazy with COVID and everything. Um, 
I, I still to this day need to learn to add to five, six months to any sort of estimate uh, a manufacturer at all gives you. Um, and that's, that's, you know, that's just a learning the game, I guess. So what kind of, so when you're going through it, what, mm-hmm. um, what experiences did you have trying to dial in the, 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 the metal content? I don't even know that's mm-hmm. the fucking word for it, but, uh, yeah, the, the metallurgy, the there's, there's the $10 that, yeah. word I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah there it is. So how, how did you come about, was it just like the, the recommendation from the forger that you were working with yep. or? Yeah, usually, um. You know, I, I I would say actually mostly that because, you know, I know right off the bat, I for a big heavy tool, we've always heard this. Um, we've always heard, you know, dropped forge is the way to go. It's how it's, it's the toughest it ever could be, especially when you got, you know, a big old tool. You know, the weight itself is going to judge how much force that tool sees, right? So if it is a heavy tool. Well, the amount of impact it's going to take and force it's going to take um, is dependent on the head itself and the weight itself. So, you know, a 10 pound tool, you better make sure it's forged. Um, and that was, you know, but previous experience, no, it's like anything I've done. It's just one step at a time and learn it as you go. Um, and then asking the experts, right? Uh, asking the, uh, the Ford shop and the engineers over there. Hey, what, what is best? And, you know, um, for us, the 4140 as a forge, the metal itself, um, I mean, you get your biggest bang for the buck. It's a great, it's a great, uh, steel, um, especially as a forge and those, those original, those original OG firemalls. I mean, those things were bulletproof. You could slam that blade into whatever you want. And, and, you know, for the most part, you're, you might get a, a you know, at the very sharpest point of it, you might get a little bit of chipping, but, sure. um, that's that's you know that's been just listen to the experts and keep going now um eh, (laughs) as we move forward with things and and, you know we've we've had issues in the past with with some some production runs and this and that and we we did something different with with these tools which was again i i I myself was surprised we were able to get a, a patent on this but you know the collar shield system we have in these tools um, that came from, you know, firemen have been wrapping their tools with wire for how long, uh, to get some sort of overstrike protection on it. And, um, as I was designing the original tool, I was like, well, you know, there's gotta be something we could do to actually have overstrike protection in our tool. And that's where the, the collar shields come in and these things are kind of formed to the handle and then, and then kind of inlaid into the head during assembly and all, those sorts of things. Um, but that was never done before. And when you have original CAD models, you start running into learning about tolerances and when you have a stamped part, it doesn't always fit the head that it's supposed to fit and all that sort of thing. That is all trial and error. Um, but uh, we've never, we've never had any, you know, any real issues from it other than just learn as we go. But uh, the reason I'm mentioning that is I knew when I wanted to switch to, um, these maulers and reapers that have a single bit eye it's a little bit of a a tighter eye with tighter tolerances and now i have these collar shields that i want to fit not only my heads i want them to fit uh the pig or the iron fox axe or what you know i want it to fill that that and be able to slide in there and so there's a lot of tighter tolerances and that's why on these tools um we actually gravitated towards investment casting 
um, because because of the tolerances we needed, and, and we had some amazing people. Uh, and I'll tell you, Chris, Chris, the owner of the pig, he was he's as far as firemen go, man, he is legit. He is he will help you uh, because he is in it for the betterment of the fire service, and he did that. Um, getting our our tool eye dialed in correctly and making sure our, our new handles are going to fit, you know, not only our heads, but his. Um, and uh, so there was uh, there was a little bit of, uh, you know, again, running into some metallurgy and what's going to work. And we've had a lot of success with a, a tool steel S5 as a cast. Um, and that'll lead into, <laughs> again, I, I, I tend to be long winded because I'm passionate about this, but um, that'll lead into some of the some of the stuff that happened with the TSR and developing a halic bar and those sorts of things. So, well, it, um, it's it's a testament to probably the job in the fire service, but right. um, it is phenomenal that tech. I mean, if you were to kind of break it down, I mean, you're a, to some degree a direct competitor to the pig tool, and so right. yep. to have that, I, I guess teamwork. I, and you can you can call it teamwork that you know your you know your handles designed to to fit so i take it the the handles and the collar shields you're designing so they can someone can get uh, a pig tool head and fit it on your axe correct yeah so we have right now you know we do custom wood handles and we have uh, our first kind of the industry's first curved composite so instead of being a straight shot with uh you know you have those fawn hoof handles um these these handles have a, an actual bit of a curve to them, which I've always liked having that curve for um, snapping it at the end, and then also during forcible entry, if you're single man forcing, you kind of hook it in your your armpit. Um, but those two handles um, that obviously go on our mauler and reaper, we also can make those for other tools. Um, and those, yeah, those will slide. You can buy a, a composite handle from us and it'll fit in the pig and those other single bit tools um and you actually gain the benefit of the overstrike protection because uh, those metal sleeves will fit into it and uh yeah if we didn't have that team mindset i mean if i was sitting here guessing i mean sure i could have gone and, and bought a tool and it took some measurements and this and that but it was great to be able to have people kind of again a testament to the fire service and being team players because this is going to help better the fire service, right? Yeah. Was, is my tool a competitor? Sure. Is my handle a competitor? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I think, you know, if you want to, do you want to buy a, a handle and put it in your pig tool? Awesome. Right. Just keep you in your pig tool. You love your pig tool. Go for it. Um, well, and if that, I can, if, yeah, go yeah, ahead. no, you're fine. It's just what I liked so much about, about the fire mall and in and, and the pig tool, but especially the fire mall is, there's no, I don't want to call it like other features to it, and that's kind of a, a maybe a, a wrong word. But there's there's some other tools out there that that are kind of trying to fit a lot of other functions um, of their whether it, you know a, a, a hydrant opener in the handle or, or, or something. Mm-hmm. Sure. And to me, like it's a good it's good in practice but just knowing how we function on the fire ground like i'm going to bring tools to the hydrant i'm going to bring i'm, I'm going to and to right. have it just a a i'll call it a back to basics reinvention yes, of sure. of just just a smasher something that i can yep. look at any door and say i don't care how many locks are going to go on this door i'm i can mm-hmm. get through it and i and i'm going to get through it a lot faster than i would 
like using maybe this this eight pounder because you're exactly right the the eight pound the eight pound flathead X has been the gold standard to some degree, you know for for a you know uh, a century, and yep. and to have that approach is just a very I I think a very solid back to basics. We're just gonna be a dominant smasher, but with engineering behind it that makes sense. That of, of like you said. Just rolling the, the rolling the blade back, and until you said that, and I I didn't do research into the fire mall. I just looked yeah. at I just looked at it. You guys curve the blade to hear the science behind it, and this is what I get such a high on talking with people on the job <laughs> is there yeah. is so much science in this job, and I think we give ourselves to some degree a little less credit, or mm-hmm. society maybe give us a little less credit yeah. because. This job, if you invest your time and your in your knowledge into it, is way more than just putting wet stuff on hot stuff. I mean, yes. from every and this is not even like outside of a uh, uh, technical rescue or hazmat, which kind of right. seems to have yes. the they right. kind of have the, the 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 book when it comes to the it, technicality uh, yeah. of it, right? <laughs> but you break it down more from the simple operation of pulling a draft to the mechanical advantage of a Halligan versus anything else. It's just, it's such a cool profession that, that I learned so much more, you know, e- even talking to you right now is, is, is yeah. so exciting. Um, and so, um, so you get to this point and then where in the hell did the, the, the TSR brainchild start to come into play? And for those that don't know, uh, if you're not Googling this right now, uh, you fucking need to um, because uh, the, 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 the TSR from Fire Mall is like the first uh, like, like actual, like, I don't want to say a reinvention, but a, 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 a detailed scripted redesign of the Halligan yes, bar yep. that makes the, the fact that we've been squaring off the shoulders of a Halligan bar for, for, right. fi- for 50 years, but no one ever thought right. to square it off. Or right. to square the shaft off for a, for a, for a slide hit is mm-hmm. um, uh, Gene. And but I'll, I'll let you talk about your 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 brain sure. child, your brainchild yeah. here. <laughs> um, well, I appreciate it. I appreciate your excitement. Um, I'll piggyback off of what you were saying and, and some of the uh, some of the things I, I, I like to do do best, and I think that goes with with anything. Um, you take athletics. Uh, uh, for example, or martial arts or, um, you know, basics win championships, right? Being really good, really good at the basics, the fundamentals of anything. And it's, it's going to get you, it's going to get you the win. So, um, trying to do too much, having, you know, the, too many, too many double flea flicker plays, um, or, you know, it's, it's bound for, I don't know, maybe disaster. I don't know. But what, what I'm trying to say is um, that's one of the things I've always tried to put into the new designs. And, and you could look at the timeline of our tools. You could look at the original, uh, the OG, I call it the original fire mall. And you can see the development in the tools where we took, um, some of the designs and, and improved it and, and tweaked it, but we never tried to do, you know, too much. Like uh, we're, like you said, we're, <laughs> if I'm going to hydrant, I'm going to bring a hydrant wrench. Right. Um, yeah. So we don't, we don't need uh, the Swiss army knife of tools. We need a rock solid tool um, that's going to get the job done. And um, some of the things, uh, 
that went into the design. And I do also want to kind of touch on developing tools for the fire service. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. And I'm working on getting some tests done so we can have data to, to, to really back up uh, all of the kind of design features we put in. But I, I think it's really important and that, I mean, if you look at every tool that was ever designed for um, impacting another tool, right? Driving something, sledgehammers, centered mass, right? Um, the mall itself was designed for not only splitting wood, but driving wedges, right? So I was taking that tool and I was driving a, a, a wedge in, into um, your cut, your tree, whatever, your, your log, um, centered mass, right? So that's one of the things, um, if I'm going to have an eight-pound tool, I don't necessarily want that, that elongated mass to it, that long face mass. I want to increase my contact service, and I want to have a centered mass. Um, so those are some of the things that, that also went into, um, uh, like the mall, and uh, the, the mauler, I should say, and you see that development into now we're kind of getting into the, the TSR stuff. Um, and how that came about, um, we made some changes on the original, original mall. Uh, we made, uh, we kind of separated from our original manufacturer. Um, and uh, I wanted to, instead of having the dyes transferred or trying to go through that whole mess, I said, you know what, this was a cool idea, but we've learned a lot along the way. Um, you know, like the, some of the, the Halligan notches that we have on the, the mauler and those sorts of things that we just improved. Um, so I knew it had to go under redesign. So um, we kind of started doing that. And while we were doing that, um, realized, well, I'm probably we're going to forge it. It's going to be a heavier tool, so we're going to forge it. Um, and you know, there's always been kind of on the back of my, back of my mind is is the Halligan bar. You know, I mean, <laughs> the Halligan bar itself isn't all that much different. There's been some newer renditions of it, but it's not all that much different from the original Hugh Halligan, which was 1940s, I believe. Yeah, I think um, 48 something like that. But yeah, 19, yeah 1940s. Yeah, I mean, Still, right. what 80 years? Right, right, and so, and and I think the most modern example of it, you can you can say the pro bar, right? Yep. The the pro bar again, uh, time tested, great tool. Um, do have people tuned it to make it a little bit better? Sure. Um, has there any been extreme design changes that could improve the way that tool functions? Probably I'm going to say no. Yeah, probably no. not. Right. Yeah. I'm going to say no. Yep. Um. So, and I'm the way my mind works is, is kind of funny because I went from, you know what, maybe, maybe there is something here, you know, I have some ideas and, and some of those ideas was, um, you know, we've seen, I think even fire hooks unlimited, it was on, it was on sale. Um, all hands fire. I think I've seen it before and I, I apologize if I'm not correct, but at one point I had seen for sale, it was a pro bar, uh, that had a, a sledge face, which like a very small sledge face, which was welded onto it. Um, and I, I've, I've seen that. I've seen that there. Um, here in Chicago, you, you've seen uh, guys that have that, that sledge face welded onto their tool. Um, so that's, that's kind of been a, a, 
because and why well, hold on why do we do that right because as an officer especially in chicago they usually always have a bar with them and a lot of times they're using that bar to strike something else right so it only makes sense and i've done it myself when i have my bar if i gotta drive my wedge my wedge-shaped blade into my door i'm taking that tool and i'm using either the top of the heads or the ads or the kind of back of the the ads to strike that tool and and drive that wedge right well or even a um so a wedge used to capture your progress, not necessarily a tool, but you know, you're using that tool to drive. So it only makes sense. Well, well, why don't we actually put a, <laughs> a striking face or a striking head on that tool? Right. So I kind of had those thoughts floating around and then I, you know, I ended up calling, um, my good friend, uh, Sean Wilson. Yeah. Uh, Roy, Royal Oak. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Yeah. Sean's, dude, Sean's a great uh, guy, man. He I, is, man. He's another I, guy that's all about the fire service. Dude, his, no, awesome. his knowledge of forcible entry is just, yep. um, ab- absolutely, um, absolutely phenomenal. So shout out to, to Sean at Two Devils Tools. Yes. Keep going. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, no worries. Yes, sir. And he, he was, you know, I, I just, I just wanted to fire some things off to him because I went from, you know, designing my new TSR head, which I don't think I was even calling a TSR at that point. I was designing my new heavy irons head. And I would, you know, I just had these thoughts on the Halgen bars. Like, well, like, no, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? So I, I called Sean. I just wanted to, some verification on some things. And it was like, you know, one of the things was, it was like, hey, why do we have the, the spike high up, right? Because when we're teaching, we're always end up teaching go away from the spike, right? And yeah. why is it up on the end like that? Well, you know, it is up on the end because if you are going to drive it or you're going to spike a jam or some, plunge it into something, you want it to kind of be on the end of your swing. Yeah. Um, but other than that, there's no real reason why it's up on the end other than the manufacturing process of gathering material and how it gets forged. Um, so I was like, okay. So maybe there's something there we can change. Um, other than that, it was, uh, you know, just shooting, shooting, shooting things back and forth. I think we talked about shoulders on the tool. Um, and, and I just, I was like, all right, you know, it was just kind of like a, a, an easygoing conversation. I was just trying to verify some things in my mind. He was super helpful. And he was like, you know, other than that, really being at the end of your swing, there really isn't a reason why it's up, it's up there. And I said, okay. And I said, Sean, I'll get back with you. I was like, I, I think I'm, there's a chance I might have a few ideas here that I'm going to work on. And I went from that conversation, I think, it, I believe it was in the morning, to at this point, because of the development stuff, I've gotten pretty decent at, at CAD modeling and designing things. Um, I went from that conversation um, to getting on the computer and designing and um, I had to call my wife and let her know I don't know when I'm coming home because <laughs> I spent roughly 32 hours straight of just just doing this, doing that. Uh, Listen, I'm at, a, I'm at a 9 out of 10 caffeine level. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, there was beers involved, too, and I don't really drink too much anymore because I can't stand the headaches, but uh, there were beers and caffeine involved, <laughs> yeah. um, but I just sat there, man, and I just this vision—it's—it's it's crazy that it just this vision just kept coming to me, and I'm—I'm I'm not saying I saw the light of God here or anything like that, but I just—and I was like, well, man, let's have a sledge face on there, you know what? And, and then let's, you know, let, let's let's drop that spike down, let's make that spike 
you know, instead of rounded, let's let's make it octagonal. Uh, that way, when I do plunge it and I want to split a jam, if I go to turn something that's octagonal, if I turn a nut within a round hole, it's not going to turn, right? So um, it's going to split that jam a little bit more. Um, I can actually go towards the spike. Um, then, uh, you know, I had a two-inch ads original. Um, and then I had, a, like, a large striking face on the top of the tool. That was my original design. Um, and then, uh, and then we had, uh, what I called the landing ramp, right? I'm like, well, we're squaring our shoulders. We're still putting our tool on kind of a round bar to slide it down. Why don't we put a nice landing ramp, something to slide that, that, <laughs> that, that tool on. Um, and then the idea is kind of with the, the, I call it the inside fork ramp. Um, and that was, was done to just get you a little bit more gap. Um, and then, uh, Eventually, it kind of ended up being not only gets you a little more gap, but offers you direct feedback into your halogen bar when you are driving it into your door seam. Um, it's not going to start expanding until you've passed your jam, right? So it's not going to be a hang up until you're, you've cleared your jam and you're you're starting to wrap your door or wrap the wrap the jam, depending on how you're positioning your tool. Um, but as you drive that thing in, you're going to have direct feedback as you know, by the time I get to basically drive it to the crotch, we say, by the time you drive that thing to the crotch, um, that ramp is, is pushing up against your door, up against your jam, and putting a little bit of extra outward force, but it's also stopping you from overdriving. When we go to teach people, you know, you always say, don't overdrive your tool, pay attention to your hash marks. Well, with this inside ramp, it, it's damn near impossible because it's going to take so much force to do that, um, that it's going to act as a stop. And we actually had a little... And I, I talk fast, and I hope people can follow along, but we actually had a, a little uh, half-round, I don't know what to call it, speed bump at the top of that thing um, in the original design, the original prototypes, um, but we found you just you didn't need it. You know, with the ramp the size it is, it just gets hung up on things. Um, so we ended up dropping that. But, um, yeah, I went, I went from having a conversation and thinking about doing it to um, – developing halligan bar and deciding that we're going to come out with one <laughs> that's, so that's, yeah uh, that all right so um you've the 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 beers and caffeine have flowed the yep. the 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 cad drawings are getting worked out mm-hmm. um you know when you know when when do you guys get your first kind of you know your your, your first prototype that you can start uh-huh. swinging well, um, so I actually, um, I went to, uh, so the original idea on this, because I had so much success with the, the S5 tool steel in our mauler and reaper heads, you can beat the hell out of those things. Um, pig, same thing, investment cast. I think he, I'm pretty sure he runs an S5 or an S7. Um, Chris, I'm sorry if I have that wrong at all. <laughs> don't, don't kill me. But he runs a tool steel investment cast. Um, and, and again, you can, you know, those things can get the crap beat out of them and they're fine. Um, so I was like, well, why don't we, you know, it used to be drop forging was the way to go, but you know, modern investment casting has come a long way. Right. So why don't we just use a higher grade steel and cast it? Um, uh, I should have, uh, I should have picked, uh, Melvin Toolworks, uh, brain Fred Melvin a little bit more because, um, He's got a quality, awesome product, um, stainless steel bars that he invests invest casts out of. Um, but I was like, you know what? Let's do tool steel because I thought it was it was tougher, and and this is where it would have helped. Uh, <laughs> it would have helped getting a, 
an expert in there, but you know, I, I thought at this point that we had such good performance with S5, why go away from it? Um, so we, we, yeah, we developed, we ordered 10 Halligan bars um, for uh, as prototypes for uh, a large chunk of change. And the idea was, hey, we're going to test these things. We're going to put them to work. I'm going to send them out to our training partners that we trust. We're going to let them go to work. And uh, it, and then we're going to start gathering, um, A, any changes we need to make, and B, letting people see them, letting people put their hands on it, and, and gathering interest in the tool itself. Um, that, uh, that did not work. <laughs> Though... We found that uh, the tool steel uh, and an investment cast, uh, and you could play with some of the heat treat and this and that, um, but they, they were breaking. I mean, some crazy stuff you wouldn't even think was possible. Taking that tool and using that sledgehead on it to drive, it was the first time it happened to me. I was driving that tool, uh, driving that wedge-shaped blade into my door seam, and that, that, that bar, that head just snapped right off. No shit. Yeah, like, like one inch steel bar snapped in half i mean i mean i can't even and not and this is this is what's crazy because it's it's human hands putting this in here it's not i'm not trying to lift a truck here right i could see stuff crazy stuff happen like that when you have these you know crazy forces involved but i'm like huh and then <laughs> and then guys that get them to try them out you know they're no, going, it's, it, uh, it's pretty much hold my beer and let's uh yeah <laughs> right and you start seeing them they got <laughs> i think um Justin Mann and the crew over there, um, you know, they had one, and uh, they sent me a picture of a broken fork. I said, "Shit, well, that's not good." You know, <laughs> right. they were doing they were doing um, bevel to door on on a force, and they you know it snapped off. So, um, I think I have one that has survived out of the first ten. Um, so, uh, we we even then we actually did try, and again this. You know, this was probably a design feature, um, but we tried some uh, some stainless. Um, and uh, because of I, that, we ended up, as we improved the product and made some changes, we switched to an inch and a half ads because you get uh, more leverage out of a shorter bar. So this bar is only 26 inches long. It's that compact, uh, short Halligan bar. And there's reasons for that beyond just being a compact tool, how the TSR is made to work and we can talk about that if you want. I mean, I'll go all night if you really want. But <laughs> um, we switched to an inch and a half ads so we could actually get our mechanical advantage back. Um, and I have to tell you, did you design the the fifteen to one uh, Halligan shirt? I, I I did, yeah. And um, the reason I did, well, real quick, is do you like it? I do. I love it. But I I, I wanted to warn you. I want to put a <laughs> I want to do a TSR Halligan outline. And just do a seventeen to one. <laughs> you bastard! You, you, you bastard! Um, the reason I did it, and, and yeah. one thing I one thing I hate in this job is yeah. is uh, guys walking around or girls walking around with shirts that are like, "My job is to save your ass, not kiss it." Oh. Or, or or no fear or, the no fear version the no fear right like like I I, I fight with you fear bullshit I I, I cannot I cannot stand that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I hate it with a passion. And yep. one of the things I like most about some of the, the sticker work that I've done, um, and I'm mm-hmm. just believe me, I am not touting myself at all, at all. Right. But like one thing that, that, that I enjoy is 
something that's subtle that doesn't scream you're on the job. Because I'll be oh, honest, yeah. at the end of the day, no one gives a shit. No one gives no. it. No one gives a shit that you're a fireman. You know, they, they they either don't understand it, think you're overpaid, or they think you're a hero. All of right. which I hate to begin with. So yeah. what I like what I like to think of when I'm doing something is what's something subtle that that so someone on the job one is going to know what a halgen looks like. So one, they're going to know you're a fireman. But two, not all of them are going to know what fifteen to one means. No, mm-hmm. like they're they're just not going to like. And I I like that I guess inception level of just design where it's it's not only that a fireman knows it, but somebody that's engaged and invested in this job is going to know what fifteen to one means. And yes, and, and to me, that's just that's the fireman I'm going to want and enjoy to talk to. Is is because I'm I'm doing right. I'm gonna do another one that's gonna be the friction loss formula for a shirt. Right. Awesome. Same sort and of. You're also good, you're also gonna do another one that has a TSR halogen on it. It's gonna say seven to one. If, if I that get, was your original shirt, you should just fucking do it. If I get the permission <laughs> from the guy that owns Firemall Tools to do uh, a seventeen to one TSR, and we'll yep. do a little we'll do a little profit sharing on that, I'd be all I for like that. that. I'd be I like all, that. I'd be yep, all for yep, that. That's why I had to ask. It was your design, so I wanted to see what was going on with that. But I, that would be awesome, man, because I did love the shirt. I love the simplicity of it. Um, so we can make that happen. We can work. I, I yeah, think. we can work. We can work that out uh, all day. <laughs> well, I I love it, man. I appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Um, I think I was I was talking about how we switched to that to that uh, ads uh, inch and a half ads to get that actual you know get your mechanical advantage back. Um, and Absolutely. Then even. Even on the uh, the stainless that we cast out, um, again, you know, I'm not I'm not an expert at, at investment cast stainless steel, but we, we thought we got it right, and I still snapped that ads off. Um, and again, maybe because you do have so much more force going into it. Because I'll be honest, I was using that ads on a door again, forceful entry door, which is way more force than you're ever gonna, or way more resistance than you're ever gonna see on a real door for the most part. Um, cause I loaded it up, of course. Um, and then I was doing our, our blade notch extension where I had my, actually my mall married to the, uh, forks of that bar. So I'm doing probably, you know, who knows? I, I don't even want, I'd have to measure how much, how much force I was actually putting into that ads. And that ads had a little, uh, depth notch into it and it snapped right at that depth notch. Um, so from that moment on, um, and even prior to this, I was like, well, we're, we're, we're not casting this thing. It's going to have to be forged. Um, so that's where some of the product development, we had to kind of pivot. Um, and that's why timelines change when you're developing a product. I know people, we get the emails, hey, what's the what's the update? Well, did you get our last email blast? Well, I didn't open it. Well, <laughs> so, it, you know, but that, it, it's been, uh, you know, it's been a crazy year with everything. But that's where you got to pivot. And now, oh, shit, I thought we were lined up to have these things investment cast. I had a manufacturer lined up and we were going to go for it. It was still going to be expensive. I wasn't going to make much money on this thing, but you know, let's go for it. And now we got to pivot. Well, shit. Now I got to find a forge shop. Well, shit. Now I got to find a forge shop that wants to make a single piece forge with a giant sledge on one end, you know, and the manufacturing of that, um, not a lot of people wanted to take on. Um, and then biggest frustrating thing is, you know, we are all for made in USA. You know, that is that is all we want, especially firemen. They should all support that no matter what. And starting a new product and going to these forge shops and going, well, I, I think I only want 500 of them made. You know, I'll pay for the dye and all that, but I only want 500 of them made right now or maybe 1,000 the first year. 
And if you're not doing 5,000 right off the bat, half the time they don't want to give you the time of the day. Sure, right? sure. It's not enough for them. I, they don't want to start a new – got enough lined up. Why would I give you time of the day? So I, I will give a big shout-out to um, Ajax Toolworks uh, right over here in Franklin Park. Um, you, you guys may be familiar with them, the Ajax tool, the air chisel, right? Yeah, well, oh, yeah. What a lot of people don't know is they are an OEM forge shop, and they you know they don't just do chisels. Uh, they do giant chisels for breaking mountains, and you know they are a forge shop, and they are awesome. Um, and they they had the foresight to take this project on, and they are doing a lot of cool things with upsetting um, and and making this tool. Uh, and I can't wait to start to show you how they manufacture. It's actually two separate dies. It's a single bar, but they die. They forge each end individually, um, and it would be pretty cool to see. Um, but they, they actually uh, finally, and we got to a point where we could we could move forward with them. So they are doing the, the TSR head, the new TSR head, and the new TSR Halligan bar. And, um, you know, the development has continued into uh, doing our own sledge-style handle with collar shields for the, the you know, composite sledge-style handle uh, with collar shields for the TSR uh, head. Uh, so uh, we are, we are pumped, man. We, we never, I guess we never stopped developing. And that's why this company has not, and possibly will not ever make any money. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, that's been, something to remember too, for, for anyone that, um, especially one that supports like kind of a, a, a smaller brand, like, like hmm. fireman owned business, like. Yeah. None of us are like getting a Tom Brady size yacht. Right. Um, you know, I you know I might have bought my daughter you know one extra Christmas gift because like I, I made a couple of dollars on some stickers. But like, right. the, but that's right. like I, I'm doing it one like the same reason you're doing it. Like I I enjoy this part of I the job. It. I enjoy engaging with people. I enjoy kind of like taking some of the nuances that that one I think is so fun because there are a ton of sayings and just cultural nuances that that we all share in the fire service but it's never written down it's right. it, it's it's never like told to us in a manual it's just shit that we pick up and it just and yep. it just enters the lexicon um mm-hmm. of everyone and, and it's just it's awesome and so now that you're uh you know you've gotten to the kind of final development stage you get you get ajax on board they're Sounds, mm-hmm. sounds like they're crushing it, man. So, what's the next step? When are um you? When's the? Uh, I know you guys. Yeah. I know COVID probably fucked everything up, and yeah. uh, just just like it did for everything. Um, right. and I think hopefully for the most part, everyone is pretty you know tolerant of of you know design delays or rollout they, delays. They are. They are as long as they pay attention to the updates. I mean, I I can't tell you how many times we get emails asking, and then um I go on and I pull up the the last email blast and. It shows that that person was sent it, but it you know it didn't went to, went to their spam pool or whatever. So yeah. if you have pre-ordered, guys, make sure you register for the email blast um, and make sure you check your spam folders, all those sorts of things. Um, I, I'd love to keep people updated uh, almost every day, and we should do a better job of that because we should use our social media to do those sorts of things. But uh, you know, with with everything going on, we, we stay super busy. Um, but the next step of things is, you know, everything is is in production. All parts are in production. Um, so our new um, sledge style handle, it's a 28 inch sledge style handle, um, is in production. Um, 
it is going to be uh, a mix of, well, you know what, I'm going to get too tactical, but it's going to be a composite style <laughs> handle. It's going to be fucking awesome. Um, so, that's all, see, that's all you need to say right there. Yeah, right, <laughs> it's going to be right. fucking awesome. Yeah, so um, and, and that's being uh, developed, and then obviously the uh, the Halligan bar is the next uh, step, and the, the tooling dies are, are, have started on that. We've actually had our first production samples of the TSR head, um, and I should probably explain the whole TSR thing uh, yeah. before we. Um, why, why, why do we say TSR? Everything's TSR. TSR head, Halligan, TSR firewall. What the hell are you talking about? Well, um, some of the things we actually uh, started doing with, uh, and this was brought to us, I believe Kevin's story. Kevin, if you end up listening to this, I'll probably find you out there. But um, uh, actually, police guy, um, as far as I know, but he said they were, uh, you know, they, they started using and pointed out that he could use uh, the original fire mall with a Halligan bar as a battery. And we started showing that a little bit. Um, you know, one of the problems you run into is if you have your hand on the back of the tool, so you got you got a married set of tools, right? And I'm holding onto one and I'm using it to throw it into a door and yeah. use it like a battering ram. But it, if you have your hand on the end of the tool and it's more than just a, a wood frame door, if you come into something that's going to stop, all that force is going to go through that through that tool into your hand, right? Yeah. So when I when I went to develop. Uh, the, the new fire mall, we kind of want to take that a step further. And that's part of the reasons why we have it, uh, a 28 inch tool. Cause I like that shorter tool, that compact, uh, package, uh, deal was we wanted to develop really kind of the first iron set that was really designed to be both a battering ram, a one man battering ram, and then used as uh, in conjunction um, as an iron set. So if I go and put force in a door, we've seen the videos of whoever, uh, who knows what what country, but we've seen guys with with battering rams, right? And they're hitting the door, 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 and we're waiting. We're supposed to be going in <laughs> hot and heavy, and we're waiting. And we don't, you know, and in, in situations, honestly, and I'm, I'm not, you know, I was never military. I was, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a police officer. I'm not a military guy. I couldn't tell you the first thing about clearing a room and those sorts of things. But from what I've, and some of the people I've talked to, um, uh, we've actually talked to some guys out in uh, LAPD SWAT and those sorts of things. And, and what happens is in today's day and age with active shooter situations or when things come up that aren't planned, you know, I don't have charges to blow a door open. It's not planned. Right. We need something that's mobile, and it's something that's quick, and it's going to get the job done in quick breaches, quick blasting. Um, and that's where this kind of concept all came together because when my, when my force doesn't work, what's going to be uh, you know, impact force is leverage, right? So that's where this, these two come, and they, they join together, work as a battering ram that you can easily separate and use as um, you know, your typical – uh, forcible entry tactics as an iron set uh, with the ability to marry and extend your leverage and make up for that. You know, some people say, well, you don't have a 30 inch Halligan bar. Well, we can easily marry to those forks and make up that force as needed um, using these tools. And that's where that comes in as a TSR, which is the tactical strike ramp. Tactical strike ramp. There it is. The tactical <laughs> strike ramp. Not, not, not necessarily. No, it is a good heavy iron set. I'm never going to recommend that this is 
um, a fire service tactic to use because we don't really want to blow open the door and then lose control of that door, you know? Sure. Um, now, if you're down in a hallway and you need to get through a bunch of doors in a quick manner of, uh, you know, and we know there's not fire behind that door and we're just clearing rooms, sure, you could do that. Um, but uh, when we're opening up a door, when there's fire, smoke, and fire behind it, um, it's not necessarily a tactic, but that is where some of our, our police and military markets might be a little more interested uh, in this um, as, as an option. Very, very cool. So, um, so as it, as it stands right now for anyone that, um, that, that, that doesn't know, that hasn't ordered that maybe not, doesn't even know about this thing yet. Right. Um, what's the, you know, what's the whole, what's the, the, the what's the goal for release on here? Now, again, so, th- this is, yep. an, this is like a little asterisk on there that it could get delayed. It yeah, could. I don't, I don't think so. As long as uh, at this point, since everything's in production, um, we shouldn't see any more delays. It's just a matter of how fast. Um, once the tool dies are done, how fast the production line can get them done, right? So our best estimates, and, uh, you know, it was November of last year originally, but then we were like, well, shit, we're not doing casting. So we pushed it back off to January February. Um, we ran into, you know, some COVID and some other things, and then, you know, finally getting a manufacturer to bite. Um, and uh, our last update, uh, because everything is in production, uh, is uh, we're looking at March. April. Um, I would say I'll probably have Halligan bar samples end of March, early April. And then, um, I'm very hopeful that we can complete production within that month and start shipping March, April. Perfect. Um, uh, pre-order now discounted pre-orders are available on our website. You're going to start seeing more videos and all sorts of things on the products, all of our products across the board. Um, I finally alleviated some of you know, me wearing too many hats and then getting some <laughs> professional marketing done. And I really want to touch base on a lot of the things I talked with you here. And that's the, the science behind the design. And, you know, I'll call it Firemall Tool Science. You'll probably end up seeing a little video that, a little video intro tool science and just why things are made the way we're, we actually had them made. So, um, but yeah, pre-order now if you want. To, it's going to be the cheapest it's ever going to be. You can buy an iron set. They have an iron set for uh, four hundred thirty dollars right now. Right on. That's uh, and 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 I will have to mention. Um, I put your fire wrap system on my pig tool, and that is great. Um, by far, uh, uh another like a a a, a phenomenal um, <laughs> you know, pivot on the, yeah. uh, the the standard grip tape, and you know, I don't yep. know if if the inspiration was the same, but. I saw this. Uh, I, well, no, no. I, I, in terms of like, I saw the same. Not, I, I'm, I'm not gonna say the same, but I saw the a, a, a similar type of product at Home Depot, and mm-hmm. and I was like, this fucking guy, what a genius! <laughs> like, and I don't know if that's where the ins- inspiration came uh, from, but no, well, I would love to actually kind of cover that um, because uh, I, I will tell you where the inspiration came from didn't involve, and you can you can say actually, I have some information about said product you're talking about so you can say um fiber fix is an industrial cast product um that you that you used to be able to and you probably still can until they're out of stock but um you can get from any home goods store home improvement store and it it used to be more expensive but it came cheaper because they changed some of the resin and, and stuff that was in it to reduce the price so more people would buy it um but uh the original inspiration for the fire wrap was our original prototypes for the fire mall. Um, what we did was 
you know, all of us wrapped our tools in hockey tape, and I envisioned a tool having a grip on it when it went out instead of getting a tool and having to grip it. Yeah. Um, so our prototypes went out. If I couldn't sell somebody or they were just wanted their axe or their keg or whatever, they were asking, well, what do you have on this? What do you have on this, this grip here? What is this? And we actually originally started with hockey tape, and we were just putting a hardener on the outside of it. Awesome. Um, and that just kept it, uh, A, gave you a little bit of grit and a little bit more feel to it, but it kept it from tearing up so fast, right? And w- so we had so many people asking about that. You know, we kind of started selling that as an option with that liquid hardener. Um, and then we started developing the product and actually applying for patents. And as we developed that product, well, what's our next step up from hockey tape? And again, the whole concept behind this was something that's going to last longer and something that is washable. I, I'm actually working on getting some studies done and, and actually some data behind this. But w- one of the things we don't think about now, I, I personally, when I signed up for this job, I realized I had a high risk of getting cancer anyway. Sure. Yeah. Does that mean we shouldn't care? No, we should still probably mitigate our risks, right? Absolutely. And whether that's the improvements being done with the gear, right? So the gear is not giving us cancer, but, you know, the clean cab stuff, all that sort of stuff, but, you know, whether you agree with it or not, it's all about mitigating the risk as much as you can. And I wanted a grip that was washable because everybody has hockey tape and paracord and all this shit on their tools because we want a little bit extra grip. But how well can you wash that? Right. I call it a cancer sponge, basically a cancer sponge on your tool because you're holding it with your hands all the time and then you're grabbing it, putting it back. If you didn't actually get a fire, it was false alarm. OK, you had it with your bare hands because you didn't put your glove on yet. You take it back to the truck, put it in the truck. And next, you know, you're picking your nose in the cab. Right. So, so uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's not it's not healthy for you. So biggest thing was something that's washable. So our our product development came along was um, not only having a good surface that you can wash, but then having a product that can last, you know, we, we used to call it permanent, but then, you know, nothing in fire service is truly permanent. Um, you know, everything's wearable to an extent. Um, we started using an, an industrial cast and that industrial cast ended up um, kind of finalizing, formating your grip. We have these lacing rings in there instead of paracord because they fit in between your fingers well and they're easy to put yeah, on. Yeah, way, way better. Way better. Yeah, and actually, that that was originally just a an ease of install sort of thing. Um, instead of doing paracord and, and knotting it, um, it was easy install. But then we realized, wow, it's great how that fits between your fingers and at the base of your palm, because paracord in particular, your hand kind of wants to follow that paracord down, right? Depending on how horizontal you got your knots, but it still wants to kind of slide down. So let's put a big old bump between your fingers or at the base of your hand. And that just ended up being, well, that's great. <laughs> so our, our patent ended up having that in with it and all that stuff. We ended up getting patent on a the fire wrap grip for tools and for sporting equipment and all that stuff. Um, so, which is, which is awesome because we're going to be expanding that product. Um, but uh, to, so what's kind of funny and I guess probably good for me, um, firemen love DIY. And I don't blame them, right? We're sometimes can be cheap bastards. Now we tried to price fire rep grip. Um, I should say originally it cost more, but uh, we were doing some funding stuff and helping uh, support Last Call Foundation. I was actually part of a committee that studied the, the, the chemicals in our gear, and we were putting money towards that study. Uh, we, we were able to change some things, bring the price down to $25 
you get a whole bunch of fiber tape. You get three inches by 84 inches of fiber tape. You can do two tools with one kit, right? Firemen still love DIY, right? So God bless them. Um, and that would be buying, um, you know, that fiber fix that you find at Home Depot. Um, uh, but that is, uh, you know, it's only two inches by 50 or 60 inches, I think. Um, you get two of them for like 16 bucks. So, you, you know, you, you start to get up almost to the amount that we provide, but you don't. Um, so by the time you're done buying all that, you might as well just buy a kit. Well, and even but, like, even the, appli- right, even, even the application is, is different and, and I didn't even use it, but I just read the instructions following, following the application for, for yours. Um, and again, for anyone listening, like Mitch did not give me any sort of money to give, give, give a sales <laughs> pitch here, but like the application of the fighter rep was like, it, it was, it came with more, um, to allow the, you know, because I'll be honest, the, the, the alternative is that you can buy some fiber, fi- the, well, to some degree, a, uh, an alternative is one, yeah, you can get your a fiber fix and maybe some O-rings, but like, you're not going to have, um, you have to dip that shit in water. And if you got a hand tool or something that you don't want to rust and you're going to dip the stuff, mm-hmm. it's going to soak in water. It's going to, and then the hardener is going to kick in. What I like so much about the, the grip um, you know, aside from the color stuff, was uh, just like the the technique on, on, on adding grip versus not adding grip, and just mm-hmm. how how like durable um, the, the 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 resin is on that. You guys have um, just a, a, a kick ass product there for application you, is is, right. is 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 second to none. Um, and the cool thing too is it you don't have to have. Um, you know, anything crazy. I mean, this can go on really any tool that you're using in the firehouse that, that you just want an extra grip on. And you guys have tons of demonstrations on roof hooks and pike poles and yeah. uh, halligans and axes and, and, a, and a bunch of other stuff. It's a really, um, a really, um, you know, strong, uh, strong. So I'm just going to make, you should just apply for Shark Tank. Um, I, <laughs> I, I make my wife watch Shark Tank all the time. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure, listen, I, I'll vote for Mark Cuban for president, and I'm sure right, right. you know be uh, be going for on there. Well, where's some uh, where's some? I wanted to touch on a, a couple things. I'm trying to find some wood, but um, we are actually going to be launching a sports version. It's going to be a scaled down version of a uh, sports utility version. Uh, for the first time in my life, I am going to do a crowdfund on it. Um, but that's just to get the product out there and get it in the eyes of a lot bigger market um, than the the fire service. Um, one of the other things we were going to do um, coming up is uh, is uh, for those people that do want that DIY version, um, don't we'll probably be able to. Hey, well, I'm hold kidding. on. If you do, well, I'm okay with it because uh, pretty soon some of the things going on in the market is um, FiberFix was bought out by JB Weld. I think a year, year and a half ago. Um, so right now, if you go to fiberfix.com, you'll be directed to JB Wells' website where you, for $10, you can buy uh, something that is strictly made for repairing tools and repairing handles because you're going to get a super strong, um, super tight, uh, kind of the same sort of fiberglass weave you use for repairing boats uh, and doing layups. Yeah. Um, and you're going to get all of two inches by 36 inches of it for $10. So uh, what we're going to do is be able to fill that void. If somebody really wants to do their own grip, they don't want to use our top coat, they want to use their own top coat, they want to use paracord, uh, we're going to somewhere, you know, I don't, I don't want to say 10 to $12, somewhere in there, um, we're actually going to sell the fiber tape individually to help fill that void 
So you'll be able to get three inches by 85 or 84 inches of fiber tape uh, in white uh, that you can use for whatever the hell you want. <laughs> so um, that'll be coming down the line too. So along with the, uh, the sports version. So you'll have to keep an eye out for that sort of stuff. For sure. Um, well, Mitch, um, thank you. Did so I talk about my products too much? And did I just pitch myself too much? Because we should have talked maybe about fire a little more. Mitch. So, I, so <laughs> the reason, so, so the reason I wanted to reach out to you was, yeah. um, again, um, you were the one that went headfirst into starting their own business related to this field, which, um, for some is like, you have some, like you, like, I think you kind of coined it some old salts that, um, that really don't like, that don't like change. You took a really simplistic mm. look at it and just, I wanted to hear your, you know, your movement and, and, and your Genesis through your program or through your business and why you started it. And, um, cause, cause I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't be happy with what you're doing. And it's, it's a such, uh, I was so blown away by the, by the, 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 the restructuring of, of the Halgen bar. And I'm super excited um, whenever that comes uh, to my doorstep, man. Um, awesome, man. Well, I, I appreciate you, and uh, I haven't done this enough. Um, I would like to get out more and explain those things. I do want to do more videos on, on the process and, and in general and, and the design and, um, you know, and talk to awesome folks like you, and we're definitely going to partner on that on that shirt, and we're going to have a Hell yeah. 71 <laughs> shirt and hat probably. So I'm looking forward to it, and I, I just appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk to you, man. No, I, the the pl the pleasure is all mine. And for anyone that uh, wants to find out more information, uh, either on your social media or where they can look at these products, man, where where can they find you? Uh, so Firemall Tools, just Firemall Tools. You know, after Facebook and Instagram um, is is our 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 tagline or our social media. So you'll be able to find it there. Uh, Firemall.com. That's M-A-U-L. If you're only listening, haven't found us yet, so it's um, firemall.com. Uh, you can find us there. We'll have a new website soon and actually some really cool things going on. I, I don't want to say too much, but you might find a tool club soon, those sorts of things. Um, and then also, uh, if you want to shoot us a message, um, info, info at firemall.com. And we get a lot of messages, but we will get to you, I promise. Solid. Well, we'll make sure we link your uh... – your website and your uh, social media handles when we release the podcast. Um, I, I, I appreciate it. And I, I should see, I, I feel bad if I didn't think um, the awesome firemen that work in the shop here is a firefighter owned business. Um, we have awesome firemen here, uh, Bob Corey, Anthony Scudo, uh, Luke Zimmerman, and my wonderful, amazing wife who deals with all <laughs> of this. And I started this company in her loft apartment in downtown Chicago uh, she's in here fulfilling orders and, and, and running uh, purchase orders and those sorts of things. And um, I couldn't do it alone. So it's a team effort all across the board. And I, I just want um, you guys to know there's a lot of, a lot of wheels turning in this thing and, and we're doing our best. Well, Mitch, I wish you the best of luck and everybody at your shop, your wife. Um, I, I wish you guys all the best and stay, stay safe there in uh, Chicago. And if you I have, if I no, make brother. it back down, to Chicago, they closed. Listen, they something you have to figure out and, and fucking change is there's a bar, <laughs> there's a bar right by Wrigleyville that closed. Uh -huh. Okay, no, no, that Irish pub. COVID closed. No, no, no. I think no, I closed okay. before that. Maybe, maybe they sucked, but it didn't suck for right. me. The it was O'Hagan's. Uh huh. I don't yep. know if you ever been there. Heard but, the name before, and I can't remember if I swung in through there in the few times I've been over by Wrigleyville. But that um, is I, my last name. 
and mm-hmm. goddamn, they're closed now. So if you, <laughs> we gotta figure that out. Um, right. But, All right. We'll hopefully, find a replacement. Hopefully, find a you, replacement. I'll bring it up you, here. You're, you're welcome, and that really goes for anybody. I've never shied anybody away. If you're passing through Chicago um, and you want to swing by the shop, uh, we got you know we got tools here. We got a forcible entry door. Uh, I'd more be more than happy to shoot the shit with you. As long as we're not, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> too busy, but uh, you can totally come on in, stop and buy and see the shop and see how this all kind of comes together. So, um, and you especially, brother, anytime you're, you are more than welcome. Thank you, sir. And, uh, well, I didn't know you were a Michigan boy, but thank you so much. You know, look at the great <laughs> things coming out of Michigan between us. We got yourself yes, and uh, uh, obviously um, Two Devils Tools and Sean down there in Royal Oak. Um, Mitch, have a great night, man. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much and be safe down there. All right, brother. You too. Right, Appreciate t- it. Yep, Bye take now. it easy. Bye. Uh, thank you so much uh, for listening. Uh, thank you to Mitch Huner for spending his time and talking with us about uh, his career and, and, and Fire Mall Tools and where they're going, which is which is n- n- nowhere else but up. Uh, I'm super excited for that TSR Halligan to uh, hit my doorstep. Uh, please, if you haven't already, check out Fire Mall Tools on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, check us out, Barbell Battalion, both on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and give us a like, give us a follow, and uh, check out the podcast. If, you know, and, and if you know anyone that has an awesome story, send, send them our way. You know, we'll, we'll reach out, we'll get in contact. But we love hearing great stories of either firefighter-owned businesses or just someone in the fire service making a difference. Um, so until next time, have a great day. Do something good for somebody else and uh, make yourself better. All right. Bye.